Great opportunity. Maybe some turkey sandwiches. May, may. <laughs> oh, this will never air. We were rolling right along. Shit. Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get. Where the Kim Burns is a barbecue where tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are here at Tales from the Pits Central today. Yeah, a.k.a. my dining room table, sponsored by my mortgage. Um, sponsors. Maybe we'll get a sponsor one day. Maybe we'll get a good sponsor. Yeah, eh, we'll see. Um, we're just going to do a, a rundown of some things that have gone on, some things that are going on, um, barbecue-related topics, news of the day, news of the month. Um, there's always a lot going on in barbecue, so we thought we'd touch on it, talk a little Kinda bit like about... Kind of like a peak barbecue season right yeah. now, right before the summer. Right, yeah. We'll tell you a little bit about what we've been up to, what we maybe have going on over the next couple of months. Uh, a lot of big things in the works, some we can talk about right now, some we'll talk about at a later date, but we'll... Uh, Let's get into it, Brian. What do we got going on right now? So we, we just missed a couple of things, so we'll, we'll go over those real quickly. Hogs for a Cause, which was down in New Orleans, um, and I, I couldn't think of a better place except for the heat, but uh, probably a, a tremendous event. We did not go to that, but March 29th and 30th, a couple of our friends there, Foxeria Del Sol. Yep, was Fox Brothers, Home Team Barbecue was there, uh, Anthony Bernardo from Swig and Swine was there. Fiji's Barbecue was there. Um, Blue Oak, of course, from New Orleans were there. Just a, a, a lot of great barbecue people raising a lot of money for a good cause. Um, that ended up being the same weekend as the Truth Barbecue uh, benefit dinner for Bees Cracklin. So we unfortunately couldn't be every place at once. So we uh, we did go to the, the Truth dinner. Well, Prior to the Truth Dinner, we went to the Leroy and Lewis two-year anniversary party. for Congratulations. Absolutely. Celebrating the second year of the truck for uh, Sawyer Lewis, Seven Leroy, Brad Robinson, that whole crew of amazingly talented people that makes incredibly delicious food. Uh, we had another wonderful, delicious spread of food that day. Um, just great stuff from there. We met up with our buddy Abe Delgado from iCrush Barbecue Show. Hey, Abe. Hey, Abe. We, uh, we actually we spent quite a bit of time with Abe that weekend um again after we finished up at uh well we we never just go to one barbecue joint so we went to city market and luling then we stopped by smitty's then we went to Leroy and lewis then we stopped by micklewaite in smithville but they were sold out <laughs> and then from there we went back into houston um i met up with abe at pinkerton's for a little bit and then we went on to truth for the truth benefit dinner and that was a uh, pretty amazing experience it was just incredible, really. Um, you know, Leonard brought together a whole bunch of people for this event um, from all over the country. So both West Coast and East Coast were represented. Yep. Um, a lot of food. So let's go over kind of who was there. Um, I guess left to right, west to west yeah, to east. We can go west to east. So <laughs> representing the West Coast was uh, Bert Bachman of Trudy's Underground Barbecue and Slab Barbecue in Los Angeles. Um, Bert made an very big name for himself in the Los Angeles barbecue scene the last few years. He was doing underground cooks and pop-ups and that sort of thing. And uh, he did a um, pastrami sandwich, um, which was some of the best pastrami that I've ever had uh, for this for this dinner. It was really, really well executed. Indeed. 
Um, we also had Matt Horn, who's from the Bay Area in California. Um, Matt has been doing pop-ups for quite a while now. Again, uh, creating quite a name for himself. And um, the oxtail dish that he did was Phenomenal. a showstopper. So the the I mean, I've had oxtails before. The the thing that changed to me changed my opinion, other than the fact that they were so tasty to begin with. They were just really thick. They were really tall, so almost yeah. like a double section. I don't know what you would it call was, it. It was but a meaty oxtail. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, there was a lot of meat in it, oh, so it, it was, was really good. Beautifully. I mean, it was great. And uh, on, on a better risotto, it was a great dish. Risotto. Um, move, moving from west to east, then I guess we uh, we go to Texas. We had uh, Wayne Miller from Louis Miller Barbecue was there. Uh, Wayne made his lamb chops with some roasted carrots. Um, if you've if you've been to some of the festivals of uh, the past few years, Wayne has made lamb chops, not at every festival, but a lot of them. Um, and it's always a good dish. And uh, he served those at this uh, event. And then uh, we had Mr. Leonard Vitello, of course, from Truth Barbecue. He did uh, whole suckling pigs, and he also did a beef cheek tamale. Um, it was really good. Yes. But again, more just in- inventive food, not just your standard barbecue, really good stuff. And uh we're, we're jumping ahead in the terms of a meal progression, but also from Truth Barbecue, Mama Truth. Janelle made a Tres Leches cake, which I believe is on the menu, maybe not full-time, but it's on the menu regularly yeah. now at Truth. Uh, she did a Tres Leches cake for that event. Um, again, going west to east, and we're now in the eastern portion of the uh, festivities. We had uh, Elliot Moss from Buxton Hall Barbecue. Doing a whole hog. Yep, and uh, and his green beans. He did a green bean casserole with green beans that were underneath under the hog. that hog. Yeah, was, I love that. Oh gosh, it was good. Um, we we've been fortunate to have been to Buxton Hall in Asheville before, and it's a spectacular place. A really beautiful restaurant. Elliot cooks really great whole hog. And what was interesting? So I mean, you know, obviously the pastrami was made from brisket, but other than that, there was no brisket, no ribs, and no sausage. Right. This was this was. A special event. I mean, it was all for a good cause, but I mean, this was a ticketed event and tickets were not cheap. So they were not going to serve, you know, just your standard barbecue fare. They were going to do some creative stuff and then they definitely delivered on all of it. Um, just really good food. Uh, the beer was provided by Lone Star and the uh, uh, whiskey for the night was provided by Four Roses. So uh, all the patrons got to imbibe and some, some good drink and we raised some good money together you know we were happy to be a small part of it with our donated you know with our ticket purchases um we the event raised seventeen thousand dollars by itself for uh brian Furman. if you're not familiar with what the cause really was brian Furman and beast crackling they burned down the restaurant burned down in atlanta and uh, brian has insurance they're going to rebuild but brian is trying to keep all of his employees paid while they rebuild he's trying to take care of his employees and that's that's a very noble thing a very generous thing because insurance does not cover that um so he's he's trying to do his best to do that and this uh, this event is going to help him with that and so the event raised seventeen thousand dollars i think it should be mentioned chris shepherd absolutely uh, wrote a check for five thousand yep. dollars for the, yep. for the benefit. chris shepherd and southern smoke which if you're not familiar with southern smoke um southern smoke Part of their mission is to help people in the hospitality industry that are in need and, you know, and helping helping out their brethren. And that's exactly what this event was for. And so uh, Chris Shepard and Southern Smoke generously donated $5,000 on top of the 17000 that was already donated from the ticket sales and the raffles. Um, and a big shout out to Abby, um, Abby Byram. She did an amazing job coordinating all of this keeping a lot of i can't imagine how many moving parts moving yeah it was a great event right yes. really well yeah and, and then Corey taylor patrick hernandez the whole truth crew knocked it out of the park it was uh it was a great event we had a great time 
All right. Um, next uh, was Sausage Wars, April 6th. Yes, Sausage Wars, which uh, took place first Saturday in April. And uh, this was an event that was put on by... Tales from the Pits and Nick Rama, um, Rama's Local Eats, Nick's Local Eats. Nick's Local Eats, and uh, we had great sponsors. Um, World Casing Corps was an amazing sponsor. It was hosted at Spindle Tap Brewery. Spindle Tap was a great partner in this. Uh, we just did amazing time. Uh, we, we got to sell we, over, well, over, well, to capacity. We sold out the event, huh? Yep, sold out. So, um, you know, it was a small event intentionally. Um, kind of intimate, but uh, people seem to have a really good time. We had 11, uh, 11 places represented. One was the local on-site wood-smoked pizza, and the gentleman also makes his own sausage. So um, he was invited and actually placed pretty well, um, along with 10 other joints, and we're not going to list everyone because we don't have that much time. Uh, but really good. Everybody brought their A game. Um, it was a really tough competition. Um, and on the judges' choices, um, the winner was Tejas with their beef chili relleno. Yep. Second place was Smokin' Z's with their pork and beef Tex-Mex, Poblano, Cheddar, and Pepper Jack. And rounding out the top three was Louis Miller with a beef rib Hatch Chili Gouda sausage. Yep, and I don't think it's a coincidence. The People's Choice, those same three pla- uh, same three joints also were the top three in the People's Choice. Not the exact same order as the Judges' Choice, but it was nice to see that the Judges and, and the festival goers, the event, attendees were in kind of in lockstep on that so um, great job to everyone it was it was a lot of fun um, there was a lot of work that went into this and uh, it was it was a successful event we really appreciate everyone who attended um, it's just an uh, you know another thing for us to try to cut our teeth on in barbecue we enjoy exploring all facets facets of barbecue so sausage wars was another good experience for that incredibly difficult to put on lots of respect just like respect when we cook barbecue there's um, it, it's really amazing to see what all has to go into all of this to pull it off successfully. Definitely. Um, this The next one is April 13th, 12th and 13th, which is out in Taprini Ranch. Yep, although this episode will air after that event happens. Yep, and yeah. um, just a, a great lineup. This is something that we caught a little bit too late to actually get out and go see, but um, Daniel Vaughn and De- uh, Wyatt McSpadden, Travis Heim, Zach Parker, Miguel Vidal, John Cooks, Arnis Robbins, Evan Leroy, Elliot Moss, and Brian Furman. All That's out it. there. Only those people? Just those people. <laughs> yeah, what what an incredible lineup. And I, again, we, yeah, as Brian said, we, we found out about it too late to try to uh, to try to go and, and attend and cover that event. But it's uh, hopefully it's something that's held again in the future. I know they've held it several years, but it's a pretty low-key event. But uh, we'd love to go hopefully in the next year. We're going to try to do that. But uh, yeah, that was an amazing sounding event. Um, also, the Houston Barbecue Fest, 30 joints this year. Yeah, it's just amazing number of joints. I mean, it's that's a big event um, held every year. So congratulations to that. Um, coming up uh, a little bit is Revely is doing a VIP charity event. Yeah, they're going to be raising money for two different causes: uh, Hogs for a Cause and for uh, Beast Crackling. And it's a sort of a pitmaster VIP dinner um, slash bonfire. Um, so what's going to be is there going to be several pitmasters that are going to be out there on uh, Saturday night, the 20th. Uh, they're going to be cooking a special meal um, for, for all the attendees. And they're going to be cooking a whole gator and a whole hog. And they're going to kind of show you that process as you're out there. And I believe you are welcome to stay out there and camp out there if, you, if you'd like. You buy tickets. Yes, yes. So it's that, a ticketed the, event. The, Friday, or the Saturday night is a ticketed event. 
And then Easter Sunday is open to the public. Right, right. Yes, Saturday night is a ticketed event. Uh, I believe tickets are $150 um, with that money getting split um, amongst the two charities that we mentioned before. Um, and then, yes, the, the next day they'll have their barbecue service where they'll have, you know, their pretty, you know, their regular menu plus the whole hog, whole gator, um, maybe some other special things. I don't know. Those guys are always coming up with uh, creative dishes. So that's uh, that's coming up Easter weekend. If uh, if you're in the Tomball Magnolia area, um, that's that's definitely an option for you for Easter weekend. And then the following weekend is Austin Food and Wine Festival. Yeah, and that's another just giant festival full of acclaimed chefs. There's some barbecue there, um, a little bit of everything, and that's that takes place every year and takes over Austin every year. Yeah, this year, Evan Leroy, Lance Kirkpatrick, Wayne Miller, Jason Dady from uh, Two Brothers and, and several other restaurants, plus Chris Shepard and Tyson Cole. Yeah, yeah, huge event. And huge. a lot of other chefs, but yes. uh, those are just the ones that are barbecue. Uh, or right, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, yeah, go, go to, go Google Austin Food and Wine, and you'll see all the festivities, all the chefs there. Um, moving along on the calendar the next weekend after that. Yeah, I mean, literally, weekend, yes, weekend, yeah, weekend, weekend. It's every yes. weekend. Is, <laughs> is, uh, is the big daddy, I think, uh, Red Dirt. Yep, Red, you know, red not Dirt the, Not the largest festival, not the longest festival, um, not the oldest festival, but um, the most fun for sure. Yes, Red Dirt Barbecue and Music Festival in Tyler, Texas. Um, again, we've said it before, if you don't have your tickets, you are not going because they sold out in a matter of hours this year. Um, it is a huge barbecue festival with over 20 extremely acclaimed joints. Um, just to name a few, Snow's Barbecue is there. Cadillac Barbecue is there. Bodacious Barbecue. Louis Miller. Evie Mays. Evie Mays. Micklewaite. You notice I'm naming a lot of top 10 barbecue places. <laughs> Truth Barbecue. There's another top 10 for you. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, Ragels is there. Uh, Blacks is there. There's there's so many. Schmidt family Schmidt is usually family. there. I, I haven't looked at the. I know they're always always yeah, there. Lockhart there's, Smokehouse. There's Schmidt an family. incredible list. Opie's. Uh, Leroy and Lewis. Opie's is, Opie's is there. I mean, it's it's an incredible roster. And if you're into Red Dirt Texas country music, there's an incredible list of musicians that are going to be there for the concert. Also, so incredible event. We are definitely attending that. We can't wait. It's going to be a great time. Right. Now, there, there's actually a week in between this. So two weeks after that is um, an event I kind of don't even want to tell people about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I like our secret little, it's our secret little festival. Stay home. Yeah. Um, it's called Pints in the Park. Yes. Um, and this is in Waco, Texas. And, um, it is I, May 18th. May 18th. And, it, you know, they'll have maybe one musician, I believe. Uh, last year it was Dale Watson. Um, it, it, this was just a really neat little event. It's right on the river, mm-hmm. um, very scenic, and and the crowd to food ratio was was great. It was you know there was only five, I think five or six vendors total. No, there was a, mo- a little more than that, maybe, maybe eight, maybe eight. But yeah, I mean, it was, wasn't it was, wasn't a ton of places, but some good quality joints there. Right. Price Flor- is very very yeah. low to get into. Yeah, last year Flores was there, Micklewaite was there, Hellberg was there, Guess was there. I mean, there was there was a good lineup last year. They haven't announced the lineup as of the time we're recording this episode, but. Uh, my understanding from talking with people is it will be announced soon. Um, so get ready for that. The tickets are very affordable. It's a really good deal. Um, and Waco Barbecue is really growing. That area is really growing. So It's great to catch some yeah. barbecue that you, you may have not had yep. or you've been wanting to have. Um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a conversation away from Austin, conversation yep. away from Dallas, and a couple of conversations from Houston. So it's, yeah. it's kind of a nice located location as far as distance, but it's a, it's a really nice little scenic place to go. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's your event circuit. And if you're big on the Magnolia silos, you can go see that. Yes. Thing. Yeah. That, that's where Brian will be. Whatever. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And buy some, buy some metal signs that are painted <laughs> with like 
live life love or <laughs> wine is my food or something i don't know some silly wine <laughs> wine thing this is the get off my lawn segment pre- yeah. <laughs> brought to you by scott's we feed <laughs> no it's not they did not sponsor this no um no then then a little bit later in the summer um windy city smokeout Yes, Windy City Smokeout in Chicago, in case you're not familiar with Windy City being Chicago's <laughs> nickname. Um, it is 18 bands and 22 barbecue restaurants. Yes, this is a weekend festival. It's not just a one-day thing. This is going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, what's the dates, Brian? July 12th through the 14th. 12th through the 14th. Can um, we just name a few? Just name a just few name of a them. Few. It's an just amazing few. list of I mean, barbecue Sam places. Jones, Buxton Hall. I know that guy. Hoodoo Brown. Ooh. Uh, Truth, ah. Blue Oak from New Orleans, New Orleans. Uh, Leroy and Lewis, Home Team, Louis Miller, Smoke, which I visited uh, earlier this year, 17th Street Barbecue, Fiji's Barbecue, Fiji's, Fiji's, um, Little Miss Barbecue out of Phoenix that I've been dying to get to, and um, I'll be able to eat there, Fox Brothers, and many, many more, to be honest. Yes, it's, it's it is. great. An incredible lineup. Myron Mixon. I mean, that, every time I think I've named them all, I think of another one. But yes, it is an amazing lineup of barbecue and music. And um, if you get a chance to go to it, go. If you live in the Chicago area and you haven't gone, go. I, I can't imagine you'd be listening to the show. Go. But it, what's really cool is like what you're seeing is a lot of these events, um, just like Charleston Food and Wine event. But there's a lot of these events that are bringing in barbecue from all over and it's not a new thing. I mean, the Big Apple Fest has been doing that, but it seems like more and more they're bringing more and more out of town barbecue yeah. to those festivals. Oh, it's great to see, especially if you don't get to do some of the crazy travel that you and I do. It's a great opportunity to to get to try some North Carolina whole hog, some Texas brisket. It's a, it's a great opportunity to try some really good barbecue um, from some some of the best all around the country. So, if you have a chance to go to Windy City Smokeout, do it. Hey, and you know what? If you're not going out, maybe you're an introvert. Maybe, you know, you're one of those people that doesn't like to get outside for whatever bizarre reason. You shouldn't be in the barbecue world if you're doing that. Um, but there's some great books coming out. Look at that segue. Look at that segue. Look at that segue. Oh, my God. Yeah. So anyway, um, there's some one of them just came out, which is Franklin Steak. Yeah, which is written by Aaron Franklin and Jordan McKay. Uh, Jordan McKay also co-wrote uh, the Franklin Barbecue book as well. Um, and he's, I, he wrote he wrote John Tassar's book. He's a very, very well-known food writer. Um, it is our understanding. Uh, Brian, you, you haven't I've finished the reading book. the book. No, I haven't read it yet, but, all of it, but I've, I've been poking around right. because there's so much. It's a big book, which is great. Right, very much on theory and meat source and it's it's not just it's not a book of recipes it even talks about how to build a, a right. grill it's similar to the barbecue book don't don't buy it expecting to just get here's a recipe for a ribeye here's a recipe for a porterhouse it's not that it's it's going to be more about theory and what what types of meat you know what types of cuts of steak are, are best for different preparations and it's going to go down the rabbit hole for you and there's going to be something that you'll see a lot i've already seen it on instagram um it's in the book it's called the franklin formation and what that is, is it's just a way of cooking where um, his, his preferred... I thought that's what everyone did at 6 a.m. outside of Franklin Barbecue. <laughs> that is. That's the, the Franklin, Franklin Formation. Formation. Yeah. Um, no, it is It is um, a short version description of it is it's putting all of your hot coals on one side and then a large log on the other side, which helps gives you that indirect heat. And you also get some of that smoke off of that large log in there. But um, keep an eye out on that. You're going to start seeing that a lot. Um, up next, the, uh, that was out on April 8th. On April 30th is the Brisket Chronicles. Yep, Stephen Reichlin, who is no stranger to writing books on meat and barbecue and grilling. 31 books and five James Beard Awards. 
pretty amazing. Uh, the man is a, a titan in the food writing industry. Great guy, though. We've, we've yes. talked to him several times. We, we got to uh, serve him food at brisket camp when we were working brisket camp. Yep. And we saw him at Charleston Wine and Food. Yeah. And so his, his latest book, The Brisket Chronicles, is going to take an in-depth look at the history and the culture of brisket. Um, tips for buying, trimming, seasoning, and carving brisket. Um, it, it should be it should be a good book, especially for someone that doesn't have as much experience with brisket. If it's you know, it might give you some some ideas on theory and 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 how the best way to trim and and get a brisket prepared to cook. Um, so be on the lookout for that. That's coming out shortly. Right, and then on May seventh. Looking forward to this one for this a long one, time. Drum roll. <laughs> Whole hog barbecue, the gospel of Carolina barbecue, with recipes from Skylight Inn and Sam Jones barbecue. Yep, co-written by Daniel Vaughn of Texas Monthly. Um, this is, it's going to be, and hopefully you've listened to our episodes with Sam Jones. Um, we did talk a little bit about the book this was, that was recorded almost a year before the book came out, but he had, he had told us then that there, yes, there are going to be recipes and things like that, but there's also going to be stories in it. Cause if you've ever, no, there's not going to be stories <laughs> from Sam. If Jones. you spend any time listening to Sam Jones, talking to Sam Jones, the man knows how to tell a story, and so uh, there's definitely going to be some powerful stuff in this book. Um, some of the stories that we've heard, some of the stories you, you know you may not have heard yet, it's uh, it's going to be great. I've I've already pre-ordered my copy, Brian. You have as well. well. It's, yeah. So can't wait for that. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a great read, and I, I think I'm diving right into that one as soon as it comes out. Yeah, just a lot of good reading coming up, um, and a lot it'll be a lot of good information to work off of. So Franklin Steak does have recipes in the back. Uh, brisket chronicles has recipes and whole hog is going to have recipes yes so yeah there's definitely gonna be recipe in it but there's gonna be and i like that i like recipes but right. i like having oh more you need the stories yeah. Too. yeah yeah so i'm really i'm really excited about that one thing we do want to let you know is it's to the point where at least once a week we're getting a dm or an email now um, of someone from that doesn't live in texas telling us they're coming to texas they're going to be doing a barbecue road trip they only have one day two days they're here a week whatever it may be and asking us to kind of help them with where should they go what are the must stop places and it's such a subjective thing it depends on what you're in texas for if you're in texas because you're thinking of opening up a restaurant you might have a different path or a different thing that might be pertinent to you if you're just here because you want to eat great barbecue that's a different story if you're here for history that's a different story so there's a lot of different road trips and you what can days take. of the week you're here can uh, make, change absolutely it completely. 100 yeah. you know the, the lines at some of these barbecue joints are going to be a lot better on a wednesday than a saturday so there's a lot of things that go into that and we try to help everyone out the dms and emails and we'll continue to do that but we're also going to be working on putting together some road trip episodes um we'll try to condense it to, to one episode where we go up with some different options for everybody but it'll just be hopefully a, a fairly comp comprehensive look at some different routes you can take some different options for you um that way if you do have questions you can you can refer back to the episode i mean of course you can always still email us and still dm us and all that good stuff but hopefully this will be a good resource for you guys to uh to kind of get a better feel of okay i need to if i want to go to this place i need to get here by this time and we, we try to be really good about that i mean we can't predict a line at a barbecue joint every single day but we can tell you from our experiences of having been to these places what we've experienced and, and which one to hit first if you want to hit two of them I mean, right. andrew andrew has done our our road trips down to the minute um <laughs> and sometimes that works out great um sometimes it means that we don't get to spend a lot of time at places but um but it, you know it depends some people do want to knock out five places in one day and sometimes those five places are really hard to hit so you have to time things very well right um, other people just want to know where can I eat barbecue at night, right. for example. And there's a lot of options. So. Sure, sure. So, so we're definitely going to try to work on something fun for you guys to where uh, 
we can give you a little more of that information. So be on the lookout for that. Um, we'll do a little bit of rapid fire answering of some listener questions. So we, uh, we solicited some listener questions pew, pew. and you guys came through with quite a few. Um, so let's, uh, let's go through them. Brian, you can, you can take, what's the first question? Well, some of these, it, it sounds like we have to actually have an episode on. So, no, nah, we don't. Um, okay, so we're going to have an in-depth discussion about Pit Barrel. No, we're not. Okay. So see, there you Next, go. Um, <laughs> no, so, so here's the deal. Um, you know, upside down, or uh, sorry, ugly drum smokers and Pit Barrels um, came from competition, came from a lot of charcoal cooking. They work very well for what they do. Um, the Pit Barrel is a very small pit. So in general, you know, if you're going to get into barbecue, we really recommend an offset. And if you only have a few hundred bucks to spend. Texas um, style barbecue. Texas style. Yes. Yeah. The old country Pecos, $400 new. You can get them used. I saw one the other day for a hundred bucks on, on Craigslist. Um, it, that's really the one we recommend to get into. Nothing wrong with those. Just like there's nothing wrong with a Komodo style, like a big green egg. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just not what we recommend. Next question. How do you feel about the term barbecue family? Like, here's the thing. There is a barbecue family, um, and in any family, you have the in-laws, the outlaws, and the ones that embarrass you, and the ones that take advantage of you, um, and that's true in the barbecue world as well. Um, you know, there's people that cut their teeth and have been doing this all their life that are, you know, are working hard or doing this, and then there's people that um, just want, you know, social media attention and free barbecue, so there's a, there's a very big thing, and, and we're kind of against the word and phrase barbecue family just because... Um, you know, you, you should contribute if you're part of the family, but, um, it is what it is. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with everything you said. And yes, barbecue, there's a strong community in barbecue people that want to help each other and people that want to prop, prop each other up. Um, like the truth dinner we just talked about was an amazing example of that. Um, we, we've done some episodes with some people who have done incre- incredible charitable work. I mean, the barbecue family is a real thing. Barbecue community is a real thing. Is it a phrase that sometimes I think gets misused? Overused. 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 Yeah, I, I, I do think that. So hopefully that's a good answer to that question. Hopefully. All right. Um, using indirect takes five hours at 285 degrees. In a, and I assume this is brisket. I assume so, too. Okay. This is verbatim from gotcha. the question. Yes. Um, in a hurry, but long cook at 240, dried out the meat. Um, need to wrap. So first thing would be, I'd be surprised if your brisket was fully cooked, even at five hours at 285, um, depending on the size of your brisket. But um, we are fans of wrapping. We do think that it helps. Um, helps retain some moisture. Helps not dry out the bark too much. You do want to develop bark. Um, but at some point, we do think that wrapping is beneficial. Um, if it, 240 on a long cook shouldn't really dry it out. Um, no, I, I would think the other thing is make sure, make sure you're spritzing your meat. Yeah. So um, what is a spritz, Andrew? Um, Well, you can spritz with literally anything you want. A lot of people will use, some people will just use apple cider vinegar that they use on their pork. Some people will use a mixture of Worcestershire and water. Some people just use straight water. Some people use Shiner Bach. Some people use Shiner Bach. So yes, I mean, spritz can be anything you want, but it's just to cool off surface temperature of the briskets um, and and help, you know, like I said, you want to develop a bark, but you don't want to develop a bark so much that you literally can't take your knife and slice through your brisket at the end of the day. Spritz maybe in every hour or so. Yeah, I usually, typically the first couple hours of the cook, I leave it alone. And it's just once you see that bark start to set, spritz a little bit. And uh, we actually have a wrapping question that we'll we'll skip ahead to since it kind of ties into this. Someone asked, um, when do you wrap a brisket? And that's seven hours or 163 degrees. 0.5. 
Yes. <laughs> no, there, there is no hard and fast rule. There are a lot of people that subscribe to a lot of different theories on when to wrap. Um, there, we know people that only wrap when they pull the briskets off. Uh, we know people that don't wrap at all. We know some people that wrap before the stall, during the stall, after the stall. It really depends. And if you're not familiar with the stall is, the stall is when it, the brisket reaches an internal temperature, usually around 160, 165 degrees-ish. And it stays at the temperature. It could stay there for 30 hours. minutes, hours. hours. You don't hours. know. That's why it's called the stall for a reason. What we try to go by with our briskets is we, we try to wrap based on color and bark development. Um, so if, if the brisket's got the color on it that we're looking for, if it's got the bark that we're looking for, that, then, you know, then we'll wrap it. Um, so there's your, your wrapping part. And, of the and if you have three briskets on the pit, as an example, they may wrap it three different times. But yeah, they could. I mean, hopefully if you've, if you've got similar weights and hopefully it'll be pretty, pretty close together, but you, you don't know for sure. Um, <laughs> this question is more of a joke, so we'll go through it quickly. Someone that was... Yeah, yeah. who is that that asked this question? It was Justin Catrett. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Justin. Hey, Justin. Uh, part of our Santa Fe High School benefit well, team. Well, can, we can ask him a question. Is, is how many chicken quarters can you put on his pit? <laughs> <laughs> yes. His question was, how many pork butts can you fit on a Buley? Um, which, 64. At least 64, because that's how many we fit on there. 64. So, so there you go, Justin. We did we did answer your, your question, but yes. Ha ha. Um, we'll, we'll skip, we'll leave this one, que this next question for last. Cause we got a little bit of thoughts on that one. Uh, what do you think about barbecue outside of Texas? Uh, for example, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland. So, um, I have not had Los Angeles barbecue yet. Um, I have not had San Francisco barbecue yet. I had barbecue at one place in the wine country, north of San Francisco, and it was but it wasn't one of the ones that you've no, heard No, absolutely yeah, not. No, no, it was not one um, of the ones you've heard about. I've had, I've had Texas barbecue in Seattle. It was pretty good. Um, I, I think that the L.A. scene is on fire, and uh, there's some great places to go. Um, I actually, after this airs, I'll probably have been there. Um, I actually think I'm going to be able to get out to Slab, um, Burt Backman's place, um, next week. And uh, I'd love to stay longer and eat more, but it's going to be a hit and run for me. Yeah. Um, Portland, I've, Matt's Barbecue in Portland looks very, very good. I have not had the good fortune to eat there yet. Um, but just in general, barbecue outside of Texas, and I, I assume... Horn that, barbecue, Moosecraft. Right. I mean, those, those are ones that are on our list to go Absolutely. if uh, we win the lottery. Yeah. No, I, I assume that this question means what do we think about Texas barbecue that's outside of Texas. Yeah. Uh, and, and Little Miss Barbecue, another one that we haven't been to that looks phenomenal. Right. Um, but we have been to Lewis, right. which is Texas barbecue even right. though. Right. Yeah. Um, Adamson and, and Toronto. Uh, Toronto? Toronto. Yeah, close Adamson and yeah. Toronto. Uh, so yes, there, there's some great looking Texas barbecue ZZQ. outside of Texas. ZZQ, which we, we had at a festival, yeah. uh, but we'd still love to get to their actual restaurant. Hoodoo Brown. I mean, there's there's a lot of ones that we've heard of. Some we've tried, some we haven't, and we hope to try them all sooner than later. Fox Brothers. Fox Brothers in Atlanta. Yes, I mean, I mean quite I, a few of them I have think, been on our show. <laughs> I think for the, for the most part, I mean, five years ago, 10 years ago, it, it just didn't exist. Right. For the most part. There's a few that have been around. Um, Fox Brothers, one of those, uh, but but what you're seeing is you're seeing that expansion of barbecue across the entire U.S. and people are being true to the origins of Texas barbecue, yeah. and they're using the same kind of smokers, the same kind of wood, the same kind of seasonings, and the same kind of process. And when it's done, you know, I, I think the simplest example is Lewis Barbecue, where it is Texas barbecue. It's not right. Texas style; it's Texas barbecue. Right? Yeah. I mean, we've we've had some really good experiences of Texas barbecue outside of Texas. We've had some really bad experiences. Just because it says Texas style barbecue is not 
right. any kind of sign that it even yeah, is Texas right. style and barbecue. And just because they put some decorations on the wall to make you feel like you're in Texas. <laughs> the place in Vegas. That's exactly that we had. the one I'm thinking. I, of, I had yes. one in California that, or not California, because I had one in Florida that was like Texas style barbecue, and it was shaved brisket. And it's like <laughs> I've never had shaved brisket in Texas, except for except for Arby's. So yes, uh, we've had some very good Texas barbecue outside of Texas, but uh, not always. Um, dumbest thing you've ever heard someone say in line at a barbecue joint? I, I'd have to think about this. Um, there's been, there's been a lot of them. But. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do is to listen to people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's like, oh, joints. have you heard of this place or you know, this is my favorite place, and we're not going to name names, but right. it's a place that's like you know really um or you know this place is no better than rudy's or something right. oh, like that one, one thing i've heard probably more often than anything is xyz place i thought it was better than franklin's mm-hmm. um and they always say franklin's mm-hmm. um, and it's always some like really terrible place and they've probably never been to franklin probably That's the other problem. <laughs> i mean the, the, most of the people that i've heard that that crap on franklin i doubt have ever been I really do. There's a lot of people, you know, well, I'm not going to wait in line. Well, you should try it then. I mean, you can't <laughs> say that you don't like something if you haven't had it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we we get it. We are the anomaly in the world. The majority of people that are in line to eat barbecue are not like us. They do not go to 10 places in a day, 50 places in the first three months of the year, which is, by the way, we went to 50 places in the first three months of this year. Um, most Went to two places a day. Went, yeah, you middle went to of the two week. Today. Um, but yeah, we know that we are the exception to the rule. And so we, we don't expect everyone to have the same barbecue nerdiness that we do. But yes, we, we, we've heard some goofy stuff in line. Um, a lot of times it's people that just don't know what this what the particular joint they're standing in line is all about. Um, we'll go to the, the, the last question that we had on the list. Any plans to come to DFW? The scene is on fire. Yeah, so there's that word again. And that's really a bad word to use in the uh, barbecue world since, yep. um, you know, that, that's a very tragic thing sometimes. Yes. Um, but but it's true. Okay, so, yeah, you know, we, we've bagged on Dallas-Fort Worth for ever since we started this show, um, somewhat rightfully so. I mean, there's there's there are some great joints there, but just not as many. Um, but that's changing, and that's changing yes. drastically, and that's changing fast. Yes, uh, Fort Worth has got some amazing stuff that's opened that's opening that's in the works um just to name a few here we've got zavala's which is not necessarily in fort worth but very close zavala's is open saturday only right now been hearing amazing things about them their food looks great dane's barbecue who's been doing pop-ups at breweries he is now working on opening a brick and mortar um in the meantime he's still i believe still gonna be doing his pop-ups um but that his food looks very very good um, Goldie's Barbecue, which if you're not familiar with Goldie's, I think you're going to be very soon. Um, some gentlemen named Dylan Taylor, Lane Milne, uh, Johnny White, Jalen Hurd, the, uh, that whole crew of buddies from the Austin area that you've been seeing at the barbecue scene for the last several years. Um, obviously Dylan's worked everywhere. Terry Black's La Barbecue, Truth 2M. Um, he's... He's opening it along with his co-owners, Lane Milne, who worked at Friedman's, who's worked at Mickleweight for a very long time. Um, Johnny worked at Franklin for a very long time. It's an amazing crew of people. It's like an all-star, but they're all kids, but it's an all-star kid. Yeah, but they kids. all have an yeah. amazing amount of barbecue yeah, the resume, The resume that's going into that business. Yes, and so um, they are opening. I have high expectations. Yes, I do too. Um, they are opening in uh, the Fort Worth area, and hopefully, hopefully by early summer, um, it's going to be... 
it's going to be a very, very welcome addition to that area. Uh, as as you've probably heard, we talked about on the show before, um, Flora's Barbecue has they've moved out of Whitney and they're moving into Fort Worth. They're going to be in a trailer for about a year while their brick and mortar gets built. Open, open. Um, open. But if you have never been to Flora's, it is excellent barbecue um, they do some amazing amazing stuff there i mean obviously the brisket ribs the normal stuff is great but they also do some carnitas some tex-mex stuff that's just oh killer 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 stuff so um i remember that rib from our trip i still remember that rib. Uh, the, their their right. barbecue so is it's top notch and so i mean a great addition to the fort Worth scene heim barbecue is opening a second location that's very very close to opening right now I mean, by the time we air this episode it might be open that's how close it is uh, there's just there's so much opening. And Smiley's already opened. Yeah, and yeah. Um, Brendan Lamb. And Joe Risky's barbecue. already opened. Joe Risky is open. Uh, Hurtado Barbecue, which is another truck. Um, that's Panther City. Panther City, who is uh, a, tra- a trailer right now, and it's in the process of building their brick and mortar. Uh, Fort Worth has just got a lot on the horizon, and it's going to be uh, the next. Congratulations, yes, Fort Worth. Yeah, the 2019-2020 is going to be a very exciting time for barbecue fans in the Fort Worth area. So. Any, oh, the, the original question was, any plans to come to DFW? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, a whole weekend and maybe another one. Yes. The, the, we, we plan, it's probably going to be May, June before it happens, um, because April's kind of out the window. Um, but we do plan on getting to Fort Worth, hopefully very soon, to start uh, getting to some of these places, because it's long overdue. Yeah. A, a couple of other uh, real quick ones from around the state that I, I think are worth mentioning. Um, in Austin, Gabrick Barbecue. Yeah, um, he's open in uh, Dripping Springs area. Yep. Um, in Houston, Southern Barbecue moved recently. Yes, they just Southern around, Q, yep. Just around uh, about 3, 3.7, 4 miles away. Uh, Blood Brothers open. I know we've talked about them yes. on the show before. Of course, Truth. If, you know, Truth is open if you haven't heard. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and Truth is reopened in Brenham. And Brenham is reopened. Yay. Saturdays and Sundays, I believe. Uh, I don't I don't believe they're going to be open Fridays. Nope. Um, but they are open Saturdays and Sundays, so you can Perfect get your Perfect time of the year to go Brenham. out to the Brenham and yep. see the Blue Bonnets and all of that. Well, actually, by the time you listen to this, maybe yeah, not. Maybe not. Maybe. Um, Mickleweight uh, in Smithville is open, which uh, hopefully you've heard by now. If you haven't, go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you need to go. Beautiful, beautiful space and, and the same great food that you've been eating I mean, from it is, for It is incredibly years. unique, and I, I'm, I'm 99% sure we've also said it, but it, it's just wonderful blend of old school meat market and new school barbecue. It's, yeah. just, it's just so amazing how he's, how he's brought those yeah, two it's, things Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then San Antonio, uh, Burnwood 68, I have not been to, but I've, I've been seeing them on the radar. Um, and then I think it'd be maybe even early next year though. Pinkerton's is going to open up his other, um, so it, it'll be a while. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, keep an eye, maybe, maybe 2020, 2021 is the year of San Antonio. Yeah. So, I mean, barbecue's growing. I mean, unfortunately that it's barbecue, not every restaurant is going to be able to last for every business. Um, we were very sad to hear that uh, Willow had, had closed down his truck here in Houston. Um, if, if if you've heard we're our episode, bad at you actually because you didn't go support him, yeah, right? Uh, you needed to, right? Willow's food is incredible. His brisket is some of the best, period. Um, and we 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 know that Willow's going to be working on some hopefully some big things in the near future, and we're excited for whatever he does next. Um, wishing him all the luck in the world for the you know whatever the next step is for him. And, uh, yeah, I'm sad that that yeah. is no longer Wait, Way to go us. out on a sad note. Yeah, I mean, it's, hey, it's all, all right. sunshine and roses. So lots of stuff going on over the next couple of months in barbecue world. Yep. We're going to try to cover as much of that as we can. Yep. Um, summer's going to be hot. Um, we'll get up to Dallas for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely have some trips in our future. Um, we 
Oh, we stay busy. We stay on the road pretty much as often as anyone does. Um, we did get, I think, one more question just so we don't end on a bad note. Um, okay, two questions. Here's We'll do this quick. First question is, how does one take the proper steps to start doing pop-ups? That's a whole episode, and I think we've actually done some tips on that. I think we have. Um, but j- just real quick, first thing is, wherever that may be, whether that's Houston, Ohio, wherever... Find out what the health regulations are in the area that you're hoping to pop up and and find the most economical way that you can be compliant with those health regulations. And to make sure you're ready to do that. It's a lot of work putting on pop-ups and it's not a lot of profit, Um, especially if most people don't factor in labor costs when they do pop-ups. If they did, they wouldn't do pop-ups. Get familiar with the with, with the regulations, the health permitting and the insurance and anything else you need to be compliant and legal. Um, if you want to, you know, the short version is if you want to pop up, let's say at a brewery, you're going to need to have insurance for your business. And sometimes they want a million dollar insurance policy. You're going to need health compliance, which can mean number one, the shortest thing is it means that all the food has to be cooked in a commercial kitchen Yes. Um, so. and, or, or in a commissary. And, and then the third thing is you need a temporary health permit. Yeah. So, so there are a lot of different rules to it. So just be prepared. It's, it's a lot of red tape sometimes some cities and some counties are different than others but there, there's plenty of stuff that you need to look into before you start doing it and then again even if you are ready legally health wise all that good stuff make sure your food's ready for it you know make sure that you're you're confident in your ability to pull off a pop-up start with the smallish menu um we, simple simple find out a few things that you do well and grow from there um so that that it's just a quick bit of advice, but I do believe you look at some of our early episodes, there is uh, a more in-depth look at pop-up tips. Um, last question, we'll end it on this one. When are y'all going to make a trip to the West Coast and any big upcoming trips planned? Um, we would love to get to the West Coast. Again, we do not make money off this show. Um, it is very expensive to do what we do. Um, so we, we try to do as much as and, we can. And we do have wives. Yes. And our wives are not as enamored in barbecue as we are. No, not and anywhere so close. When it, a day trip is usually something that we can get away with. Right. Um, when we have to burn vacation time to go on a trip, at, um, it, it can be complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, we appreciate everything that Absolutely. they do for us and put up with us, oh, yes. but um, it is limited. We definitely want to get out to the West Coast um, and, and figure a way to do that. Um, you know, we, we may even get out to the East Coast again before we go to the West Coast. Not sure. Um, we want to get up to Toronto area. Um, it's it's on our list of wishes and wants. Absolutely. It's just how we can make it happen is tough. Yes. Um, and, and do we have any big trips coming up? Um, yes. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, we are not prepared to say what those trip or trips may be yet. But yes, we do have some, some things in the works. And as soon as we're able to share them, we will share them. And... Uh, some fun stuff. We uh, we think you guys are going to like what, what these trips may bring to the show. We'll close this one down, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening, for following along on our social media, at Tales from the Pits on Instagram, at BBQ Podcast on Twitter. You can email the show, talesfromthepits at gmail.com. Please, as we always beg you, follow uh, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening app and rate the show. It does help us out. And if you've got any future show questions... Send them to us, DM us, email us, however you want to get a hold of us, and we will talk with you next time. We're out.